in the ear of misinformation, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important people. Ryan, the diligent scientist who explores truth, and Josh, who orders a Diet Coke to go with his Big Mac. This is their podcast. Welcome back to Rumor Flies, everybody. I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. I'm Greg. And if you didn't guess by our cold opener, we are doing Law Myths today. Dun dun. Do we have anything to talk about before we jump into that? Um, obey the law, don't take what we say as, you know, gospel, and make smart decisions. Yeah, we are not lawyers. Yep. Yeah, this is gonna. This has been an interesting episode because Greg came up with the idea for this, and we said we we had a strong med because we were mainly scared to research this, but then we decided it doesn't matter. We're just gonna jump into it anyway and just look like idiots like we always do. Yeah, none of us have any sort of law experience or anything like that. I mean, uh, Greg, have you been arrested? Uh, no, just just been through custody. Josh, have you been arrested? Yeah. No. Okay. I know that sounds uncertain. No, well, I've not been arrested. Well, <laughs> is it? Does it count if you weren't convicted? An indictment is not a conviction. There we go. All right. Okay. So well, no. Arrested is still arrested. Yeah, you're still arrested. Yeah. I mean, like, I was arrested a very <laughs> long time ago with my dad, like when I was 11, but that didn't, like, that, that too long ago. <laughs> That's neither here nor there, people. It was poaching. It wasn't technically poaching. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're poaching those eggs all wrong. I was going to make that joke. Damn it, you ruined it. <laughs> So we decided to pick Law Myths because, well, mainly this is one that I think media and general entertainment is solely responsible for. Yeah. All these are very well-known. I, I, you wouldn't know if they're Law Myths or not because, well, you just hear them all the time and just take it for face value. I kind of did. Greg brought up like three of these, and I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That does sound kind of weird if you, if you say it like that. So um, I think this is going to be a fun one. And once again, feel free to write us an email if we go wrong along the way. We did some research, but I don't think it was nearly heavy enough considering how much legal jargon there is doing this research. Well, and part of the problem that you get into also, like Ryan mentioned, is we're not lawyers. So we're very limited as to the scope of the law that we can actually fully um, dive into and not knowing the law system, you know, as well as, let's say, I don't know, a lawyer, uh, you know, it kind of. It's kind of like working with one hand, you know, tied behind your back. So we did the best that we could. You know, we, we have all of our you know, sources listed in the show notes and everything like that. So but if we get something wrong, please let us know. Send us an email. And, you know, we'll, we'll address it. Now that we've cut down your confidence in us, um, I really feel like uh, as a little primer to this, I feel like a lot of these questions, these topics that we're going to have is going to be a lot of it depends. I feel like if not every one of them is that answer, I'll be surprised because Really, law is everywhere. I mean, there's laws in the United States. There's laws in Europe and Asia. There's laws of nature. There's maritime laws of law. physics. <laughs> there's laws of everything. Yeah, bird law. Uh, there's so many different types and situations where really the answer could be yes here and no there. So, I mean, and even the laws of physics has different subdivisions apparently. So maybe that's for another episode. They got houses? <laughs> yes. Anyway, so if anybody's uh, ready to jump in, huh? Let's go. You kick us off, Ryan. Okay. So the first one we're going to be talking about is something that I'm, I'm really trying to think of a good example of this one. It's Citizen's Arrest. We're going to talk about Citizen's Arrest. You mean Batman? Batman, yeah. He did technically all Citizen's Arrest. That's it. Yeah. Or any superhero that doesn't have a badge. Yeah, I mean, that's when you're like, I'm trying to think of one. I'm like, Batman? Yeah. Lieutenant Gordon, he didn't do Citizen's Arrest. He did actual arrests. You mean Commissioner Gordon? He became Commissioner Gordon. But he was also... Uh, we'll ask Jackson say. Trades about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, can anybody think of some big instances aside from Batman, like a specific one where you have seen a show where they just go, Citizen's Arrest! I'm arresting you, Citizen's Arrest! Because I have one that's sticking out in my head, but I can't name the actual well, thing. Th that's the whole plot of um, Kick-Ass, is that they like basically are doing Citizen's Arrest. They, they, he buys a costume, goes and beats people up, and... Calls the cops, right? Isn't that kind of like That's what they do in Kick-Ass? Well, the general idea is, if you haven't figured it out yet or are unaware of what the term is, citizen's arrest is when somebody who is not an officer of the law sees a crime happening and decides that they are going to take the law into their own hands and arrest that person by whatever means possible. 
usually just by subduing them. I've, the, the way I've always seen it is like them holding the people's like arms behind their back while straddling them. You know, like, Master of None had a scene that did that um, with Aziz Ansari. He and his buddy, I think, are on a subway. And they do a citizen's arrest, and they're having. That's what made me think of this. Is like the two of them are sitting there debating. Like, he's like, "Dude, we can do citizen's arrest." He's like, "Is that a real thing?" And they like have a whole debate about like, can they actually do it? <laughs> <laughs> and they just go for it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's what made me go at first with this idea at all. So in terms of citizen's arrest, I looked it up. Uh, I started with Wikipedia and kind of went down a giant rabbit hole from there. Uh, all across the world, there are laws pertaining to citizen's arrest, and it's pretty much the same consensus agreement. Almost across the board. Yeah. It's pretty much if there is a crime that's being committed that is physically violent or anything above what would be considered a misdemeanor. We'll get into the United States side of it in a second. But anything that can be considered like a serious crime or felony uh, level of offense, then people can go ahead and do a citizen's arrest, which means just pretty much to detain them in whatever way possible until proper law enforcement can show up and take it from there. There are some situations, like, for instance, Mexico, where you have to immediately t- call the police, and then you have to file, you know, your side of the story about it and everything. So you have to go through a lot if you're going to do it in some cases. But for the most part, a citizen's arrest is a, uh, I guess, codified thing, which means that it has been worked into the law, but it was kind of like a common law at that point. So now for the United States, pretty much every state has codified the common law into there are statutes where you can actually have a citizen's arrest for a few different situations. And in order to get a little bit of enlightenment on this, I checked out my one of my new favorite websites that's up and coming, WikiHow. Every time I've had to do research, I've come across a WikiHow article for a lot of the things we've looked up. And they have a WikiHow for how to perform a citizen's arrest. And they said that first you have to, step one, witness a crime. So you have to do that first. You have to witness that crime. Uh, the person, this is actually important. You can't see like a person walking away and then a person on the ground and just assume that person walking away is the person that, you know, beat up that person or, you know, so you have to witness the act. Itself. You have to witness the act, which is fair enough. Just seeing the first like step being witness a crime. So generally anything that falls under uh, a reasonable citizen's arrest, anything that's considered to be felony level or above, not a misdemeanor. So in terms of like, um, stealing gum from a grocery store, I think that that's a misdemeanor because it's below $500. What they have listed here is murder, rape, or assault resulting in bodily injury, theft of more than $500 worth of property, so that, uh, indecent exposure before a child, so somebody is just waving their tits or their dick over at like a little child, you can stop them from doing that and arrest them. And if there's a hit and run, you can also stop them, but usually they're in a car, so you have to go into full vigilante mode, mode and get in, like, <laughs> hop into a cab and be like, follow that car! Or arson. So you see somebody burning down a building or uh, any other type of structure, then, yeah, you can go ahead and arrest them for that, too. So I have a question, then. Okay. What is the difference between citizen's arrest and, um, like, Dog the Bounty Hunter? I don't think there is a difference in that respect. Because Dog the Bounty Hunter, okay, maybe I think Dog the Bounty Hunter is going for people that are already uh, wanted, right? but the police kind of don't have the time or force to allocate to uh, getting those people. So Dog goes ahead and is just like, he puts the citizen's arrest on those people that are already wanted. Well, so, but you're saying with the citizen's arrest, it's your job to restrain the person and then let the police come. Yes. Dog the Bounty Hunter arrests them and brings them to the police. That's fine. That's fine, too. That's also acceptable? It depends on your location. Okay. Like I said, in Mexico, you have to call the police immediately. Right. So I'm not sure if Dog the Bounty Hunter, like, behind the scenes, like, once he gets this person, he's like, hey, I'm about to drop one off in front of the precinct for you. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how that works. So did you ever tell somebody that you met Dog the Bounty Hunter on this podcast? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Josh has seen Dog the Bounty Hunter, at least. It was my shining moment. Yes. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um... So there are some precautions to this. Obviously, um, if you are arresting somebody, you need to have some backup to that because otherwise it could be considered something called, well, another felony, kidnapping. They could be considered kidnapping yeah. or unlawful imprisonment. <laughs> I was going to say, like, There's where a fine that... line between yeah. kidnapping and citizen's arrest. So technically, <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if, like, some uh, abductor was just, like, picked up a kid and was like, citizen's arrest! <laughs> they were jaywalking. I saw a picture the other day of a guy like was in like the Facebook market. I saw it online. It wasn't anywhere around here, but he took a picture of a kid and he's like, I found this kid up by a playground. I don't know what to do with it. I feel like I should turn it in, but I need to get some kind of reward. So 
uh, I'm offering, you know, I'll return your kid for $500. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, that's called kidnapping. That's, that's, it's With a ransom, ransom and yeah. kidnapping. That's all that is. <laughs> what? People are dumb. Was he able to ask the child what their name was or anything like that? I, I was very limited to the amount, you know, with the amount of stupidity that was in that picture. So Yeah, but there's also something in the United States called breach of peace. Breach of peace, the short answer is that if it's anything where uh, most cases would be considered to be like a fight between two combatants where neither of them is considered to be um, the initial attacker just happened. I mean, you can arrest both of them with citizens arrest. That's considered within the means of, uh, you know, or just disrupting the peace. Like drunken public is actually considered a drink, uh, breach of peace in some situations. Yeah. Now, this term was a little bit wishy-washy, but there was actually a Supreme Court ruling that determined what it was. And it started in, of all places, Louisiana. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a Supreme Court case called Cox versus Louisiana, where the long and short of it was that in the 60s, what? Oh, I think long I, and short. No, I think I've seen a, a video with Cox versus Luis and Anna. Isn't that a name of a particular movie? Uh, oh, I thought you were making a long and short joke for Cox. Okay. It's, you're going to feel bad once I talk about this. <laughs> I'll feel nothing. No, probably not. <laughs> Ryan knows Racist. me so well. <laughs> so uh, essentially, the Cox versus Louisiana case started when a group of protesters in 1961 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, we're protesting a segregated restaurant. Uh, about 20 of those student protesters were arrested and brought to the courthouse, or they were brought to the jail. The next day, there was a group of about, I, I read anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000 people oh God. protesting outside of that courthouse. And they pretty much said, you can protest, just keep on this side of the street. And then there ended up being the counter protests, which they were said there was one to 300 uh, white people that were gathering that were, you know, obviously pro segregation and kind of raveling things up. But when the anti segregation protesters started singing a little bit, the prisoners, the student prisoners heard them singing uh, outside and they started singing, too. And that said that started a raucous and that's when the tear gas came out and that's when the cops came out. And eventually the preacher that was leading the protest, his name was Reverend Cox, he was arrested uh, the next day after the protests were dispersed for causing, quote, breach of peace. Now, it ended up get, he was ended up being acquitted because they said that he was doing it in a reasonable way because there was video evidence. Always have a video around you. It protects everyone. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot of uh, controversy about video evidence nowadays on, you know, certain situations. We'll be getting to that in a minute. Oh, really? I didn't even know that one. So, anyway, to continue with that, the judges ended up having to watch a video of the actual protest, and they saw that it was all good. And they said that the moment it got rowdy was when the um, people in jail started singing. But it was really when the police came in and just started throwing tear gas at everybody. So they actually had to define breach of peace, and it was pretty much any obstruction of a public pro uh, property or refusal to move when, you know, it's any obstruction of the common flow of either the public or any um, regular goings-ons. So it really, that, that's some loose ground for public protesting. Is it really obstructing something if they're on this side of the road from the, like, you know, just say, like, an abortion clinic or something like that? Right. If they're stopping people from getting in, then it's considered breach of peace. If they're on the other side, it's not. And that's why Westboro was able to do so many lawsuits. They live off of that type of thing. That's how they get their funding. It's like people that, you know, you see these protests nowadays where they decide to stand in the middle of the highway and block the highway. That's yeah. dumb. Um, not only A, can you die, but B, like, that's that's breaching of peace. I mean, a lot of people say there's a whole lot of things that I'd rather not get into about how you can actually accurately make a message. They sometimes... People would say you can like rig the law to the point where it makes it hard for you to make a message a certain way because they make it such a small way to protest, you know, legally and then otherwise. Yeah, like free speech zones and things like that. Exactly. Um, so it, it's that type of thing. But yeah, standing in the middle of a highway is not exactly the safest way to protest. Right. But at the same time, can you citizens arrest everybody on that highway by getting out your car? I'll Technically, try. yes. I'm going to try my damnedest. But you have to have some good backup for why you did it. Pretty much like don't be surprised if when the cops come, you get arrested, too, and you have to do some explaining. Yeah. So anyway, so that's breach of peace. And the, the wrap up of this is citizens arrest is a real thing. It is uh, a codified deal. There's not too many laws that are extremely cut and dry about it. But generally, if it's something that is 
harming someone, or if it's like a bank robbery, you can go ahead and do a citizen's arrest. However, usually it's advised in most cases that you should not interfere with all these things, especially when it's like assault or something like that. Right. And you don't think you can handle it because you don't know what that person has on them, a gun or something like that. Especially if you're not armed either, then, or if, well, if you're not armed in general, you might want to let the law enforcement take care of it. It's kind of... Um, let Don't put do yourself their, yeah. in danger it's trying allowed, to take somebody else. It's allowed, but not necessarily encouraged. Yeah, it's a lifeguard rule. Somebody else might be in danger, but if they're going to pull you down with them, you don't go there. You just wait for you know, proper wait for the, the whole situation to clear up. So I have a question. What if, you know, Greg robs a bank because he hates America, or whatever. Yep. And I see him running away, and I tackle him. You know, because I see he just stole money from a bank, and you know, people's lives are threatened, and he had a gun and whatnot, and I tackle him. And then, you know, his French ass falls down and I bust his face open. Can he sue me, even though I'm making a citizen's arrest? Yes. Actually, uh, don't be surprised if you get sued for doing that. Like, that is what happens a lot of the time with the, uh, the plaintiffs or the uh, defendants. They will sue the person that gave them the citizen's arrest for wow. assault. Uh, that's usually going to happen almost every time somebody with a good lawyer gets citizens arrested, I guess. So somebody could try to sue Batman a lot if they wanted to. But they don't know who Batman and is. And it's reasonable because, like, you know, if they get found as being innocent, then you're probably going to get the shit sued out of you. Yeah, you so. probably shouldn't mess around with citizens arrest. And I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that. It just kind of lapse of mind right there. But, yeah, that's pretty much citizens arrest. Okay. Now, my first topic is going to be something that I'm sure we've all seen in TV shows at some point or another, and that is if you ask an undercover cop if they're a police officer, they have to tell you the truth. The one scene that I can think of. I mean, everybody who, you know, has any decent taste in television is DJ Badger. Qualls and yeah, and Breaking Bad. Greg, please tell me you've seen Breaking Bad. I haven't finished it. But oh, what? Jesus Christ on a cross. When did you start it? Long time ago. And you've not finished Breaking Bad? Nope. What? All right, Greg. All right. We're going to have to talk later. We're going to have a, a, a very hearty power. Actually, we're going to have a watch later. We're going to sit you down. I will cancel all my plans for you to make you finish this this show. I've learned a long time ago that you, you don't like say you haven't seen blank because I found every single time I can name five. You have you are supposed to have seen it movies and there's always at least one. Dylon, 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 Dylon. I always do five. I'd rattle off five and I just know there's going to be at least one they haven't seen. Is there like five in particular? No, I just pick five okay. big name ones. And oh, yeah. I'm just like, you know, you'll find people who haven't watched Star Wars, The Godfather. Goonies. Like Goonies. Well, Goonies actually one I could see slipping under the radar. That's oh, one. thank you. I have defense no. now. Fuck off, Ryan. You should have seen it, but at the same time, that's actually not a great example, but it's close. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back, back to, to the, the actual yeah. reason we're here. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, uh, people believe that if you ask an undercover police officer, if that they are actual law enforcement, they have to tell you. Now, the, the origin of this myth is really hard to narrow down since there is no clear-cut case of when this first came to light. Now, if you had to ask me, it comes from the getting mixed up with entrapment, okay? Now, entrapment is a practice where law enforcement, a law enforcement agent induces a person to commit a criminal offense that the person would have otherwise been unlikely to commit. So that would be like if I'm a police officer and Greg's French ass is walking down the street and he's on his way to his birthday party and I tell him, hey, take this gun and won't you shoot this person? Right. Um, you know, and he does it. That's entrapment because as an officer of the law, I made him do something he normally wouldn't do. He didn't have a gun. He had no reason to Actually, shoot this other person. Actually, it's more complicated than that because entrapment is one of those ones I've read over and over again. There's so many misunderstandings of it. It's actually a really, really weird specific thing. The way you yeah, interrupted I mean, him, I a... thought you'd be like, you don't know I wouldn't do that normally. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That becomes the que that be that's the thing. That's why yeah. it's not clear cut because the question does become, well, did they force you? Like enabling you. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. See, it's it's weird. This that was really, a very basic. Yeah. yeah I'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah, an yeah. entrapment situation and just talk away about a way around that one. To That's actually, like a great comic that illustrates it. There, there's a way to <laughs> there's a way to technically out a cop that I'll get to later. Yeah, not to interrupt you. Sorry. It's fine. Um, but but there is a there's a huge debate about it because like you said, if I'm just giving you the gun, you still make the choice. You know, if I hold a gun in your head, it's different. Like, but essentially, this whole misunderstanding comes from entrapment. So. There is clearly a difference, though, between entrapment and the police lying to you, okay? The police are able to lie, manipulate, and get whatever information out of you that they want just because they're, they're trying to get an answer from you. So it's legal for a police officer to lie to you. I don't know if many people know that, you know, whether it be on the street, whether it be inter uh, interrogating someone or whatever. I think the... 
the little quippy line would be, it's legal that for them to lie to you to get you to admit, but not to commit. Right. That's that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. So if you're, you know, Greg, if if you're getting interrogated, and I'm a police officer, and I tell you, well, you know, we know that you and Ryan did this, and we already got him upstairs, and he's confessing, and he already he rolled over on you. So it's in your best interest to tell me everything that you know, and maybe we can work out a deal and send Ryan down the river for, you know, the maximum penalty, which in reality, we don't even know where Ryan is. We haven't arrested him, but because I just lied to you, I'm able to get every information out of you that I want. I think this episode is going to end in a good cop, bad cop against Greg. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to get him to admit to something. So my own thoughts on, on this whole matter is, you know, like I said, it, it stems from entrapment, but no, if, if you, if you ask a police officer, if they're, if they're, you know, an undercover police officer, excuse me, if that they are in law enforcement, they do not have to give you an honest answer. So my own thoughts on this, though, if people kept continuously asking undercover cops if they were police and then they kept getting arrested, <laughs> why wouldn't word get out about this? These people are terrible friends and terrible business associates and illegal activity. OK, I, I, I just don't understand that. But yeah, so that's where it stems from. And. You know, even what we mentioned Breaking Bad, there is one other thing I want to mention. There's a Law and Order episode, oddly enough, called By Hook or By Crook that came out in 1990 where it was a prostitute who uh, asked a character if he was a police officer and he said no. And so then she gave him the 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 pricing of her friendship of her consultation. Yeah. And she goes, what do you think about that? Does that sound good to you? And he's like, I think you have the right to remain silent. <laughs> and then scene executive producer Dick Wolf. But yeah, that's it. That would have been a great segue, but I'm going to hold off that segue with a reminder to remain silent. So I have the opposite thing for a hooker uh, when it comes to. Please do tell. For essentially, if you think you are being entrapped by the police in a prostitution thing. Yeah, you, you tell them it's for uh, video recording or something like you, that. Essentially, yeah. I've, you know, there was this, I forgot what the show was. When Spy TV was still, I don't know if it's still around and I don't really watch cable. They had this really shitty show that was just kind of like how to be a piece of shit, essentially. And it was Is like... Is that the name of it? No, that's oh, essentially Mancers? what it should be. It, it might have been Mansers. I think it was Mansers before that was... Before Tumblr took over that term. Um, <laughs> it's manspreading. Mansplaining. There we go. God. Uh, so anyway, or mansering I think works too. But anyway, aside from that, there was a manser that was like how to tell if a prostitute is a cop. And essentially they said, uh, what you have to do is you ask for pictures. So pretty much you ask if you can, you know, get a little preview of the goods before you actually commit to the, to the transaction. And usually if they're like, no, then you should just drive on off. So that's a way to avoid entrapment. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because knowledge is power. Also, if you're going to be hiding marijuana, then you're going to have to hide it in with a bag of steaks to throw off the dogs. That's what they said, too. I feel like there's much easier ways to do that, though. Again, we are not lawyers. <laughs> and, uh... We're also not criminals. So <laughs> I've just learned this from Speak TV. Yourself. We're terrible lawyers and terrible criminals. So that's... Uh, but, yeah, that is... Uh, an undercover cop having to answer your questions. Simple answer is, no, they don't. So, sorry, princess. I, I guess the only safe way is you have to go around to everybody asking, are you a cop? Are you a cop? Mm-hmm. Are you a cop? <laughs> Everyone. I'm not a cop. You also, can, I can imagine like that scene in The Dark Knight, the Joker walking into the main boardroom of all the criminals and be like, hello, are you all cops? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Directed by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> anyway, so... Let's pretend that I had not done that giant um, diatribe right there. It segues into the right to remain silent. We're going to talk about the Miranda rights. If they're not given, then your case is thrown out. Uh, Who's Miranda and why don't you give her rights? I'm about to talk about all those things. So the Miranda rights is generally what you hear in most TV shows when somebody's arrested after like either uh, they continuously did it in Criminal Minds. That's the one that I can think of a lot. And Bones. And it was essentially when somebody gets arrested, they are told essentially a few different things that they have the right to remain silent. Anything the suspect does say can and may be used against them in a court of law. They have the right to an attorney present before and during the questioning. And they have the right, if they cannot afford the services of an attorney to have one appointed at public expense without cost to them to represent them before and during the questioning. So essentially it's saying that watch your mouth. It's best not to just talk at all. Pretty much. Even if you're completely innocent, 
That's, that's like sound legal counsel from just about anybody, cop, <laughs> lawyer, judge, anyone. Yep. Just shut the f up. Yep, that's exactly what I, my my dad, who's a police officer, is like. If you ever get into any trouble for whatever reason, don't say a word. Just shut up. Tell them that you want a lawyer. That's all you need to say. Say, I want a lawyer. I will answer your questions when I have my lawyer present. That's Once again, it. we're not lawyers, but it's probably a still sound legal counsel. <laughs> If you're on fire and arrested, you might want to let them know about that first. Yeah, okay. As someone, you know, from the uh, we're not lawyer stance, we're saying because we're not lawyers, you should tell them, I want my lawyer. <laughs> like, <laughs> that... guys. No, I don't need my lawyer, guys. I listened to that episode of Rumor Flies. I got this. <laughs> don't even tell them you want a lawyer. <laughs> but um, anyway. Am so I being detained? I think that this is the most repeated thing on TV. It's like, I mean, and it yeah. is the thing. The Miranda rights are real. And I'll get into the history of it, but that is something that I has been in every cop show or in general like show that is involved in arrest. The Miranda rights is pretty widely known. What I didn't know is that it's relatively new. The Miranda rights were enabled, uh, were enacted, I guess, in uh, 1966. That's when they were put into place. And it started with a court case called Miranda v. Arizona. And in 1963, a man named Ernesto Miranda was held for two hours after being arrested on rape accusation. After the interrogation, he gave a written confession that was used in, as evidence in court. He was actually sentenced to either 20 to 30 years in prison, but that was actually contested and went all the way up to the Supreme Court under the uh, reasoning that he had his Fifth and Sixth uh, Amendment rights violated. And those rights are not having to answer to a crime without due yeah, process, meaning you have to go. Yes, and you have the right to legal counsel. He had neither of those in the interrogation. So what happened was the Supreme Court, there was a few different um, protests uh, from the Supreme Courts. I forgot what the, the actual legal term is called. Dissent. Dissent from the, uh, from the justices. And one of the dissents was, well, he didn't ask for the counsel, so his Sixth Amendment right wasn't violated. So it's just saying, like, you know, well, he didn't ask, so why would we care about that? But it's pretty much he might have not known that he had the right to it. This is, I mean, honestly, I had to look up what the rights were. Funny enough, I had enough trouble interpreting the Fifth Amendment enough. I'm dumb when it comes to legal stuff, uh, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, I actually had to go to a kid's law website. And oh my God, I have the link to the website in the show notes. But this uh, kidslaws.com, go to anything on there and look up the comment section. It gets vitriolic. It is bad. It is like... WAPO versus Stormfront. It is ridiculous. It's no, it works. Reference, right? <laughs> worse. It's probably Jezebel versus Stormfront or something like that. It's it's bad. It's both sides just clashing in a kids law comment section. None of them are kids. They're all adults. But it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, are you reading them right now? This shit's ridiculous, dude. Um, <laughs> want to share one with the class? This person named Cindy, what happened that put the Fifth Amendment into place? Somebody named Odell Beckham, like, yes, the football player, just put 9-11. So, anyway, you you looked at the Miranda rights. Oh my god! We're gonna maybe get back to those at the end of the show. We'll go. With, they'll just be recurring thing. The comment section of Kids Law website, um, and it's a. I think it's a dot gov too. No, it's dot com. No, it's dot com. That's unfortunate. Anyway, so getting back to the case, uh, the ruling was overturned. He was actually let off on that case under the grounds that yeah, that that was not an admissible piece of evidence, the written confession, because his Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights were breached. However. Right immediately afterwards, they uh, had another trial for him. They did a retrial, and he got the same sentencing. Guess what they used to uh, sentence him on that one? What? The witness. <laughs> so that was easy enough. Okay. Um, it turns out that usually the person that had that offense against them is pretty strong evidence in most cases, especially if there's, you know, physical evidence too, which they uh, had aside from the confession. Well, So he was busted either way. They just had to do it by proper. So they went through all of this pretty much for nothing. Not for nothing. This I mean, actually clearly has clearly not for nothing. Well, I, well, I'm saying like in his case. Yeah. Like now he still wasn't was sent straight to the slammer. Yeah. Not, they I mean, still got paid. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about you know society benefited from it, but him personally, like, yeah, I'm gonna get off scot free, and it's like, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> Come here, you piece of garbage. I mean, he had a pretty rock-solid case against him in the first place, so it's not like you're going to feel bad for the guy for going back to jail for, you know, raping someone. Well, you just, that's when the lawyer's just, like, chucking out the Hail Mary and just hoping for something that happens. Yeah. Um, in that case, it goes to Supreme Court. If I was one of those, I'd be like, oh, shit, I'm in the money. Uh, well, but, I have a question, though. Okay, yeah. so you say that, you know, the Fifth Amendment right uh, is, you know, it was violated because... Uh, he shouldn't have had to answer to a crime without due process, right? That's not the same as not being charged with something immediately. No. So the thing is... Because there needs to be a distinction between the two. Well, number one, this is the first case. This happened before, you know, Miranda rights were even a thing. So in 1966, this clause was put in so that cops could say this. However... They say, I, I looked at a few different like lawyers' websites to refer this, and all of them pretty much agree on the same thing. Most of the time, if they don't read you your rights, your Miranda rights, then your case is still probably not going to get dismissed. It's like a 99% chance, but there might be that 1% where it is. That 1% is in this case where if you're interrogated. So if somebody just sees you shoot someone right in the middle of the street and the cop is right there, arrests you and just throws you in the car, takes you to jail, and then you're put through court and they don't read you your Miranda rights... That's fine, because nobody actually questioned you about shit. They just brought you in there and put you on trial. I mean, there's going to be a process. But if you're about to get questioned in, like, the, it's more likely of a case that you're going to get read your Miranda rights before you get questioned by, like, the whole good cop, bad cop scenario type thing. Which, holy shit, we didn't look that up. But I guess it's kind of like a thing that's not that's, exactly, yeah. yeah. But Look up what specifically? No, it was only more. No, no, that that's more. It's like just a, a technique that's not always oh, implemented. Okay, come on, come on. Yeah, if you want to know about like interrogation techniques, I have the perfect person to talk to about that. That sounds scary, but anyway, only if you're about to get questioned, can you be? Or should you be read those rights? If you're in this guy's case, questioned, and they don't tell you that you have a right to call a lawyer, or you can shut the hell up and not say anything, you don't have to answer. Shit, then you can have your case thrown out. And then you can probably get convicted on something else or, you know, have other evidence brought against you. Yeah, because I believe it's you have uh, the police have the right to hold you up to 72 hours. I'm not sure on the numbers for that one. Um, Greg, that's your number. Yeah, there you go. How long can you be held without being charged with a crime? I believe it's 72 hours. I'm sure it depends on where you are, too. No, no, no. It's federal. It's across the board. United States. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, by the way. They can hold you. Uh, for up to 36 or 96 hours if you're suspected of a serious crime, e.g. murder. Huh. Uh, you can be held without charge for up to 14 days if you're arrested under the Terrorism Act. Huh, oh, there you go. That's interesting. Huh. So anyway, uh, if you haven't noticed, we're mainly covering the United States for this just because we've been able to find the most resources on. But we do have some, you know, uh, extras for outside of the United States, too, in some of these cases. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. So, anyway, uh, that about wraps up the Miranda rights, so pretty much don't expect too much if they don't happen to read you something if you get arrested. Well, Ryan, I don't know if you knew this, but a husband and wife cannot be charged for the same crime. That's not true. Oh, uh, <laughs> that was worst. actually gov.uk. I grabbed the wrong one. I have the worst f***ing lawyers. <laughs> Such a good... Well, that's actually where this... Dad, I don't think that's true. <laughs> this is where... Uh, well, that is what morphed uh, into this, made us think of this one. And the, the what I'm talking about is if you marry your someone before trial, the spouse cannot testify against you. This one was clear cut. I was very excited about that. It's funny because we were talking about this as a joke before, and then we're like, why don't we just actually do that one? This became real. This, was, this is a very big thing. Okay. Greg? Um, I was going to say real quick, I found the U.S. one because the first hit was U.K. I didn't notice. So um, most states, prosecutors have up to 72 hours to bring charges. Nailed it. Okay, cool. So the big confusion about this falls under the spousal privilege, or also known as the marital privilege, also known as the husband-wife privilege. But um, actually, no, it technically doesn't fall under that because it's bullshit. This isn't true. So the belief is that marrying someone will prevent you from having to lie under oath to the court about, you know, damning evidence or anything else about your new significant other. First off, okay, this is under the assumption that people don't lie under oath, which we all know tends to happen occasionally. Not pointing fingers, but, you know, facts are facts. And some people do perjure themselves. Like, perjury is a real thing. But he really isn't pointing fingers right now. No, I'm just kind of waving around jazz hands. So when it comes to being married, yes, you cannot testify and say anything about your new significant other, your husband or wife, since you've been married. Notice what I've said. Since you've been married. 
So if you get married the day before, you cannot say anything that will be held in court for the previous 24 hours. Or if you've been married for 10 years, you can't say anything about the previous 10 years. But anything before you were married, fair ball game. Ah, okay. So that that's where it comes in at. So, yes, you will not have to testify against your husband or wife as long as the offense or the charge or whatever it may be falls in line of the as long as you've been married. If it's if you know if Ryan, you and Carlene, you know, been married for ten years and they want to, for some reason, uh, ask you know you about your whereabouts and you say one thing from fifteen years ago and then they can get Carlene and whatever she says they can actually hold against you because it was when you were married. Yeah. So yeah, this is probably the only one where it's like rock solid. Uh, where th- so it's a piece of legal paper that decides testifying now. It's kind of weird because it's still yeah. a very big bias at that point. Right. But for whatever reason, if they wanted to testify against you and it doesn't fall within the parameter of your marriage, then yeah, that's fine. No, you can talk shit about him. Y'all were only buddies at that time. All right. <laughs> that's oddly enough. Yes, Ryan. That's that's exactly how it works. Yes. So. That was really short. It was quick and easy, but I, I think that it was really good because it, it, it shows that, you know, there's this misunderstanding that as long as your husband and wife, you can't testify against each other, which is clearly not the case. So, and this is to prevent people from just like getting married during the time between the right. arrest and the trial. Right. Exactly. Just so that they can just not have an extra witness to testify against them. Yep. So it can still happen, though. That's exactly right. You can't game the system anymore, people. Smart, smart, smart government. They're on to you. It's because of the mafia, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk to my wife. Yeah, Joey, uh, you can't say nothing about my wife here. Dolores, make me some spaghetti. (laughs) Give me my pasta. (laughs) You two are so not funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right. I'm kidding. I love you. Okay, so uh <laughs> sorry. I was so mean. <laughs> Alright. So <laughs> my pasta. <laughs> Give me my pasta. Give me my pasta. I'm an Italian mobster. <laughs> and Ryan's doing the handshake. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, Danielle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, another topic that we're going to cover that you see in every crime show is the one phone call rule, which, I don't know, this is like, in, once again, I think, referencing back to Batman, the one phone call rule was a big mistake that, uh, to happen in the precinct when that guy called, uh, oh no, it was the Joker that got his phone call that he was, like, freaking out about the entire time. Are you talking about when he had the bomb in the guy's stomach? Yeah. Spoilers, damn it. I was gonna say, spoilers. Yeah, he was in jail and he was just freaking out the entire time about, well, he wants his phone call, he wants his phone call, he wants his phone call. Um, I did a good bit of digging in this one, and everywhere pretty much came out to say it's a discretionary thing. Uh, your one phone call, there is no rule on how many phone calls you get in general. So it really depends on what the situation is, what your crime is, who is arresting you, um, how dire the situation is for it. Like, for instance, if you, once again, lift a pack of gum from a grocery store, they're not going to take you into the precinct and say you can't call your wife to tell them that you're not going to be able to pick up your kid from school that day. You know, they're not going to be that cruel about it. However, if they, like, you know, find you in a room with a dead body covered in blood and they haul you into the precinct and you're throwing shit all over the walls, they're not going to just throw a cell phone in there and be like, hey, call who you want. Like, it's not going to work like that. <laughs> and most of the times, like, also cases like after the Patriot Act, terrorists don't get their one phone call. Like, it's that type of thing. Enjoy getting my motherfuckers. Uh, really, you can have as many phone calls as you want to. They, obviously, you have to talk to a lawyer, but they're not going to be like, oh, lawyer didn't answer. You're screwed, man. Like, they're going to let you. Yeah, that's usually the classic you thing to. you see. They're like, oh, no one answered. <sighs> Tough luck. Yeah, that is not a thing. Unless, and obviously, I think that you can actually probably bring that up in court that you weren't allowed to contact your, you know, your attorney, legal, your attorney mm-hmm. legal representation, whoever you need. Right to in that situation because you know they're not going to let your dog starve for a week or anything like that they'll let you call somebody then they should at least there's been cases where somebody wasn't able to contact the people that you know they needed to after they were arrested and uh i saw a few different instances of it and they actually won because of that like they actually may have been convicted but they still won their case where they weren't able to do what they needed to in order to um actually 
proceed with other matters aside from getting arrested. Hmm. So it's one of those things where it's pretty cut and dry. You will see it, and it's mainly just a plot device. Like, this is a source that I have right here is tvtropes.com. They say, yeah, as useful as this is as a plot device for a TV show where it kind of shows the limited um, reach of the law for a person or at least to build some drama and put him in a pinch, usually you're not going to have a situation where they'll stop at one call. So that's pretty easy, too. Yeah, I've, I've had instances where I've known people – like even the cop lets them use their their own cell phone to call somebody. Well, if you think about it too, I mean nobody's like in the phone book these days with their cell phone numbers or anything, so and, it's completely yeah. reasonable, I think. Yeah, and the other thing is that um, I don't know if you looked into this, and this is just it's kind of off tangent. When you do call from you know the police station, does it always have to be collect? I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Oh, it's still a thing. It is. Yes. Oh. It is still a thing. I know for a fact it's still a thing. Like, yeah. You know, you still get the, do you accept the charge from, you know, yeah, whoever, whoever. Well, isn't that a serial they open, the intro always has? Like, you have a call from. It's like, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think it was Adnan a... Saeed. But yeah. I don't remember. I didn't say... Cl- it, it wouldn't didn't say, say collect, collect call, but it was like, but it was a, um like, operator type voice thing. Right, it's right, probably right. pre-recorded of it coming specifically from the jail. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think that's a charge type of deal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that one's not as important a tangent to the situation, but essentially you can call as many people as you want to uh, if they let you, which I, th- I feel like there'd be some more concrete laws about that, you know? Well, I mean, at the same time, though, you, you get into the debate of, you know, what time they get arrested, where they get arrested, the closest, you know, friend or family member can get to them or contact, you know, things like that. According to Washington Post in a October 2015... Fake news. Um... In almost all states, phone calls. Sorry, I'm having a hard time getting close to the mic. In almost all states, um, phone calls must be made collect or paid for by money deposited by family members in prisoner accounts. Yep. See? Hmm. Wow, that seems pretty unnecessarily cruel. If bail isn't bad enough, it's a way for them to make money, though. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line of it. Oh no, the criminal justice system can be a very lucrative money mill. Yeah, we tried to stay away from that, by the way. That's not one avenue we wanted to go down. That's too close to our state's home, you know? Yay, yay. Anyway, so that one's that wraps up one phone call. What you got, Josh? Uh, the last one that I'm going to be talking about before we get into our little last fun bit is it's going to be quick, it's going to be easy, but it was something I found very interesting. and It was something that came up a bunch of times when I was doing research on this, so that's why I wanted to throw it in there. And it's that an alibi is a good defense. Now, the interesting thing about having to use an alibi, so when you're in a court of law, there's the prosecution and there's defense, right? Yeah, let's define an alibi. Okay, so an alibi is defined as a form of defense used in the criminal procedure wherein the accused attempts to prove that he or she was in some other place at the time the alleged offense was committed. So that means that if they're saying that somebody robbed a bank at 1235, and they think that I did it, my alibi can be that, well, I was at work, and this is where I work, and these are the people that I'm with, and if my alibi checks out, it proves that I could not have robbed the bank because I was somewhere else at that allotted time. As an example, uh, I saw this Reddit post a long time ago, a comparison between two comedians. It was Mitch Hedberg doing his joke about, like, I bought a donut the other day, and they gave me a receipt. Why would I need a receipt for a donut? Why would I need to prove that I bought this donut at a certain time? And then, oh, who was the other guy? Patrice O'Neal, mm-hmm. conversely, had a joke where he was like, wherever I go, I make sure to get a receipt for whatever I buy. It doesn't matter if it's a stick of gum or a donut. I want to make sure if somebody tries to put, uh, put me down for a crime, I have the, uh, an alibi with the receipt. <laughs> Which, you know, is reasonable enough, you know? Well, so here becomes the issue with, with using an alibi as a defense. Now, the, the whole point of the prosecution is to prove that you, whatever person committed whatever crime, is the, the, the per- perpetrator. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. There, with Beyond a reasonable doubt is the person who committed that crime. Now, Suspect. Okay. Is it? I don't so, know. It's, eh, we'll go with suspect. So it is their job to say that the person they suspect of doing it committed that crime beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, and, the, and that's to prove to the jury. Okay? Now... The defense's job is simply to just prove that it either A, wasn't them, or B, that they cannot for 100% um, guarantee that this was the person who committed the crime. If, if it's not 100%, then in theory, they shouldn't be convicted for it. Right. The issue with using an alibi, though, comes from, 
when you say I was at this place at that certain time, you then have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt you were there with, you know, other people's testimony and other people's testimony is not completely concrete in the eyes of the law. Not only that, the whole thing that I was saying with a, uh, a receipt that could fall short too. Cause a, if it's a cash receipt, it doesn't have your name attached to it. Yep. Secondly, if it's a credit card, anybody can use your credit card. Well, technically there should be things that would stop somebody from using your credit card or something, but you totally can. In most cases, somebody can just go ahead and swipe something for you while you go and commit a crime. And then you're just like, well, I have this receipt saying I was at this place at the same time. So once again, video is your best friend. Yep. That's why I said closed circuit television. Yep. And the other issue comes from if you have, you know, they say there was a, uh, uh, you know, a bank robbery, let's say at 1235. And it shows that at one o'clock, three blocks away, you used your credit card to get gas or maybe even 10 minutes before the robbery occurred. It was, was probably a, the getaway driver. Exactly. Like it could actually have worse repercussions by, by doing that because it, it could give a, a time, a place, a geographical location that puts you in a situation where, you know, you may not necessarily have been but it could point to the facts that you could have done whatever the crime it was. It could be a lady doth protest too much type of thing to have that exact time. Like, a, you know, I keep going back to your seat, but that alibi or something like immediately somebody that's really close. He's like, no, this person was right here at this time. I remember very specifically at that time that they were there when the murder happened. And then not only that, you know, Ryan, you could be my alibi, but then the court might bring you in and they might question your character and your judgment. And, you know, impeccable. Maybe, yeah. Well, we know that, Ryan. But like maybe, you know, some of your, you know, if you are a prior felon and have convictions or, if, you know, you are, you know, have uh, substance abuse or an alcoholic or, you know, whatever other true things there are about yeah, you. All those boxes are checked. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I found that very, very interesting that because you, you would you would hear like especially in TV shows to keep going back, you know, into this, they would say, well, I had an alibi. I had an alibi. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get off scot free because you have an alibi. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, you know, that's actually very interesting. because But I'm it always, helps your case is kind of the point. It can. It can, exactly. It doesn't necessarily help your case, but it can. Yeah, it can. But Sorry. I've never, you know, I never thought about the fact that it could actually backfire and hinder yeah. your case, if anything. Mm -hmm. That's actually a very interesting point. Like, I never really considered that way. Luckily, I've never been in a situation where I've had to have an alibi. But the fact that, like, you know, you could potentially just shoot yourself in the foot with your, you know, quotations alibi. Mm -hmm. So, no, yeah, I like it. I like that one, Josh. That sounds like sound knowledge. Thank you. That being said, it probably helps to have as much evidence as possible in a case against you. Oh, absolutely. As yeah. much documentation. Yeah. Yeah. A time-stamped receipt um, got me out of a parking ticket. Really? Yeah. Um, as far as I mentioned this earlier, yeah, I was um, part, you know, the two-hour residential thing. So I've learned just moving your car to a different part doesn't work. Um, you have really? to... Th so th they thought I did this, but it's not what I did. So if you're in the French Quarter, and you park, and you, it's almost two hours, and you go two blocks over. The it's quarter, actually an area. The French Quarter here? Yeah, or New Orleans. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and so, but the idea, the idea being that, like, you actually have to leave the area in that two hours. You can't just move to a different block. So, like, but what defi is defined as a different area? Well, there's, like, the, it, it ends at some point. Like, there is usually, like, it. Uh, there's, like, kind of a block area that they have, like, two-hour residential parking going. It's like that. It is divided up by area. That's, like, the whole damn French so, Quarter. I always so, have so much trouble finding parking. So, there. get this. I was parked in two-hour residential, drove, and I decided to treat myself, and I got a safari car wash on Veterans. It was awesome. So, they did all the work, you know, did the car. But they have your license plate on the receipt which helped me out because I came back parked again and the cop thought I was being a little smart ass and had moved my car. So they knocked me down. And so I sent them a thing of the receipt and sent an email. I was like, unless the cop can prove I, my car sat in that one place for two hours straight, which they can't because here's the time I receipt. I did not violate the law. Pfft, dismiss. And it's a $40 ticket. So, you know, it was worth the effort. And, um, <laughs> yeah, dude, so no, but just stuff like that. And which also made me wonder about the legality of that because I'm sitting there and you go, yeah, what happens if you leave for 30 minutes and come back and they can't prove it? I'm like, could you technically always beat them? Because unless they sit there or have a camera up for two hours showing your car. Usually they go with the officer. No, sure. But they, but they ultimately, they'd be like, they're not going to sit there and say, I stood there for two hours and looked at his car. Yeah. I'd be curious because I think I mentioned it to the lawyer when I did it. Like, I mean, the guy who's working the office. Hey, let's try it. Let's go. Yeah, no, I'd be right curious. Now. And they said that he was like, he's like, that's an interesting question. And I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> All right. Our first, our first Patreon goal. Our new video, our new video supplement. <laughs> our first Patreon goal is raising enough money to pay for a ticket in case the defense does not work. <laughs> 
But yeah, it was just interesting. Rumor but, flies legal fees. But the there receipt, we go. so the moral of the story, the receipt got me out of a parking ticket. Huh. That's actually a Patrice good... Patrice O'Neill's on to something. Yeah. So that's the case when your alibi worked. You didn't get thrown in jail because of that. I uh, did. You know, in OPD and their parking <laughs> tickets, they take that seriously. <laughs> they do. So does that wrap up our alibi? Yep. All right. Well, so we were where we were a bit worried that this episode would be too dry, but I think we've actually peppered it and salted it enough to the point where it's been. I, this has been fun, but we still have a little bit of extra tidbits. We decided to go through a few different things and look up. Odd, strange laws that are across the world and across the United States. Now, with these laws, we had a little bit of issue. At least I, I wanted to. I, I always saw those things when I was a kid. It was like, oh, these twenty-five dumb laws, or you know, this list of fifty stupid laws across the United States and stuff like well, that. Was it like you can have a? I remember my mom saying you can have a. It might have been in Texas or it might have been Louisiana. You can have a parade of cows, but not pigs. Or stuff, stuff like, like that, like ridiculous stuff like You can't stuff like carry that. ice cream in your back pocket or something can't, like uh, that. Can't tie your alligator to, to a fire, fire hydrant. hydrant. That yeah. one is actually in the ordinance. So we I've heard that one's actually very We tried real. to pick a bunch of different things that were across <laughs> the United States, but also we tried to find ones that actually still had the actual code, like the law in their codes, either state or the county or parish or whatever it is. We wanted to actually look at the law before we put this down. So we actually spot check these and we'll have them listed in the in the show notes. So you can check them out. But a lot of them that you see on those lists are not true. Like, for instance, the one that was like, you know, if you see more than three Native Americans in South Dakota on the street, they're considered a war tribe and you can shoot them. Yeah. Or a war party. Yeah. That's that was a big thing that a city had to clear up themselves. They had to say this was never in our laws. Uh, Please stop spreading it. So it's not turned effect. Yeah. So what? Nothing. Just keep going. Okay, so uh, we made sure to actually back some of these up, and we went for laws that are kind of like either completely off the wall ridiculous, or maybe not so ridiculous, but they had to have had precedent for them to put these into action. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Josh, you want to get started? We'll start. Sure. We'll start at home. So the first one actually is from Jefferson Parish, because if those of you who don't know, we have parishes, not counties. We're the only state, I believe, in the whole out of fifty of them that have parishes. See, streetcar named Desire. Yep. We had Napoleonic Code. There we go. But so uh, in Jefferson Parish, minors may not go to businesses with coin operated foosball machines unless accompanied by an adult. So if you want to be playing foosball somewhere, your mama better be with you if you're under the age of 18. And I looked at the bylaws and everything about it, and it's not it, it doesn't have it has nothing to do with gambling. They just said, you know, you can't go in there if it's coin operated machines. I think it's because they're scared that I guess we can just try to put our little guess of why that stranger danger. I think it's because some councilman decided that their kid was blowing all their allowance on foosball, so they decided to put into law that they had to have the parent <laughs> watching them. That's reasonable enough, right? Mm, I can get behind that. Well, I mean, we had a mayor here in particular oh, no. that decided to revoke all the, uh, well, they went and did a raid of all the bars in the city of uh, liquor yeah. licenses because his kid got busted with a DUI yeah. and was underage. So he was just like, Get, nobody can have fun anymore. We're going to go ahead and close down all the music venues because they have like a one-week expired liquor license. So anyway, um, that's my venting. Greg, you want to move on to the next one? <laughs> Florida accidentally banned all computers in the state. What? So the story behind that one is that there was a big scandal where uh, an official – had a charity that was supposedly connected with a uh, gambling scheme with like a, a internet casino, I want to say, or something like that. Uh-huh. It led to all internet cafes and online like poker and like slot machines being banned in the state. However, they were so hasty to word the actual law that they accidentally said any electronic devices. They said pretty much all computers are banned in Florida state. And there was a, I have a complaint that was listed in the show notes, uh, uh, specifying that, hey, you accidentally banned all computers, which I was really hoping Florida would be a little bit more interesting because of all the Florida man jokes and everything, yep. the world's worst superhero. But um, they seem kind of tame, except when you get to the next one. In Florida, it's illegal to sell children. How did this one happen? So real quick, I know somebody that was arrested. For selling children? For the, for the internet cafe stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Who? Oh, well, don't say the name. Doesn't but. matter. Uh, somebody I knew, her dad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are you just finding this out as you're looking at it right yeah. now? Yeah. I oh. was just I was just reading through it and a light bulb went off, and I'm like, oh boy, okay. Ouch. <laughs> so anyway, uh, 
next in the rotation. We're staying in the South right now. We're going to move over to other places soon. So, Josh? Mississippi, uh, it, it says that one may not teach others what polygamy is. Are we ready to break Mississippi law? <laughs> oh, boy, am I ready. All right, who wants to explain what polygamy is? Uh, uh, we're in Louisiana, so I don't think we'd be violating we're, we're the still, law. We're still breaking Mississippi. If we're broadcasting the Mississippi, we're, we're Mississippi rebels. Oh my goodness! Bunch of coon asses. Uh, so polygamy. Uh, what? Bunch of what? Coon asses. Okay, so is that, are we not? We, okay, that's I, a, is that not racist? Am I crazy? Uh, coon ass no. is not racist. That means Cajun. Yeah, it's it's a term, term for Cajun. For anybody that uh, let's, let's go ahead, okay. <laughs> let's go ahead and clear that. Go ahead, no. fact check, Greg. We're gonna clear this one up. Coon ass is a term that Cajuns use for themselves and are not offended by. It no. is not racial at all. It's just a thing for Cajun people. <laughs> Greg's getting on the Google. Oh my god! Yeah, it's incognito mode, by the way. <laughs> like the not okay alert, not okay alert. Eyes just it like start okay, flaring. Okay. It's a it is an ethnic label that some use as synonym for Cajun. It is a controversial word because while many Cajuns embrace the term regard as a badge of ethnic pride, other Cajuns consider it highly offensive. Well. I'm not offended by it. It's our word. <laughs> We're taking it back. <laughs> so oh. anyway, um, now that we cleared that one up, and Greg, you... you... Okay, but look, let me tell you, there's going to be some listener out there who's going to have the exact same reaction I have when you <laughs> oh, yeah. said that. I was like, no, no like, I think everybody <laughs> that isn't like, here is going to have like, oh, that reaction. I'm like, oh, I misheard that. I misheard we, that, and he doubles down on it. I'm like, okay, whoa, Trump's America, whoa. <laughs> Settle down, you coon ass. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, for those who are offended by it, we are we are learning new things today. <laughs> Greg's learning new things. I'm learning yeah. new things today. Um, <laughs> moving on. Lucky you got in <laughs> when you did, Greg. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, moving on. I'll let Ryan decide how to handle that one. <laughs> As is. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not, I'm not weighing in. <laughs> Greg, why did you take the next one? Yeah, right. Um, so we are moving up to a little bit of a colder region. So now, now we're uh, Wisconsin, Scotty Nation, Scotty Nation. And this is like when I read this, I'm like, oh, of course Wisconsin would have this. So um, margarine may not be substituted for butter in restaurants unless it is requested by the customer. <laughs> <laughs> this actually has a nice tie into it because there was an excellent episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class about the butter and margarine wars. Like it was a giant legal battle. My two favorite episodes they ever did. Um, was that one, the butter and margarine uh, battles. And then also there was one that was uh, the popsicle versus good humor legal suits. That was awesome. And, but also to also tie in with that, there, there was a whole bunch of legal stuff about like margarine was really f***ing up Wisconsin's economy. It was a, a threat to it because you didn't need milk to make margarine, essentially. So they had a big issue with that. And also it led to Wisconsin's other little uh, law, which is, Butter substitutes are not allowed to be served in state prisons. It's so bad that you can't even serve it to inmates. Like, it's beyond <laughs> gruel, apparently. It's beyond terrible. what? Gruel. Prison Mike, when I was in jail, they Can you please explain to me gruel. what gruel is? Because I know a very different definition than you do. Uh, Greg, do you want to explain I mean, what gruel, gruel is? is just apparently, we're like, all teaching each other terminology now. Yeah, it's like the now. sludge. Like, it's like, you imagine the person thing, pouring the, ladling the sludge into your bowl. G-R-U-E-L. It's just gruel. Okay, I know a different word. That's a different spelling. There you go. It's, uh, you remember that in uh, The Office? He's like, prison Mike. And he's like, yeah, yeah they wouldn't give us food. They serve us gruel. Just slop it in the bowl. <laughs> I guess I just didn't catch that. Okay. Listeners, you can look up the other definition nope. on your own. Keep going. So anyway, uh, Josh, you're the next one. But um, I think we should actually do that for one of the food episodes is get into all like the – we could almost do a whole episode on the myths and facts about butter and margarine. The only problem is it's constantly changing. It's so much paid off science that it's hard to find the real like facts about it. It's interesting as hell. Well, in Cumberland, Maryland, I don't know what a – We're going to Yankees now. I don't, I don't know what a Maryland accent is. Uh, Boston? No, that's not Boston. No, it's not. It's Massachusetts. D.C. What's a D.C.? I mean, crab cakes and football. That's all I know Maryland does. But So in Cumberland, Maryland, swearing is not allowed on the playground. I think this is pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I, think, uh, yeah, I, I just think a councilman was in the playground at the time when it happened. <laughs> Get off the fucking monkey bars, Jimmy! <laughs> Why is Bill Burr there? Oh, God. <laughs> that's probably what dude, it can is. you believe that guy's a dad? Bill Burr? He's yeah. a dad? Oh, yeah, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. Nia just had a kid. He was talking about it on Rogan. 
Oh. oh yeah, dude. Good for him. Yeah, dude. It was like very recent. He's got a kid now. It's like what? He's also like forty five. I don't know. All I know is just Bill Burr's. All I can say is Louis C.K. has some pretty funny stories about his kids. Imagine when Bill Burr starts rolling out those stories, oh and he has God. a podcast every week too, oh twice God. a week. Oh yeah. Anyway, we're promoting podcasts that know nothing about us. <laughs> um, the next one I have is you did swearing on playground. So in New York, adultery is still illegal. Yeah, I'm okay with that. What? <laughs> so that's pretty small pretty, government, man. I'm pretty sure you can understand. So why small that it is. can fit in your bedroom. Yeah. Um, that one's. I'm surprised they have not repealed that yet because that is completely. I don't know. That's. Un, that, I think that's unconstitutional. That's some old puritanical nonsense. Hey, man. Yeah. I mean, it's well, not. Not that we're endorsing hey, that action. Hey. These hoes ain't loyal. Oh my god. Okay, so we're moving on to California. Them damn hippies. Apparently, sex between prison workers and inmates is illegal. Once again, I think this one's self-explanatory, and I really hope it was at least on the consensual side. Yeah, that's oof. That one's a big deal. Like, I feel like that that one. I don't know. It's when like it a was dark put, turn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not for, really for me. Why? My uncle met his wife while he was in prison. <laughs> I'm not even lying. Was his wife a prison worker? Yeah. Oh damn. No. Yeah. Was it Uncle Rusty? No, it's not Uncle Rusty. Okay. Damn it. He hasn't shown up yet this season, so Sounds like we the rest of the We could have like read our Miranda rights to <laughs> Uncle Rusty. So next one. Uh, okay, I think we're done with the US now. Yeah, now we're into uh the foreign nationalities. Uh so there's a couple for Britain. Um, you're not allowed to For die. For the record, there's a document on this. I, yeah. I pulled up that there. Britain, one of the branches of government, put out an entire PDF with these like archaic laws that they have because they're just like, you know, they have a long history. And there's ridiculous ones about if you can shoot Welshmen in a certain day of the week or anything like that that aren't used. But these are still in there. This is some of the milder ones. Yeah, so uh, it's three things real quick. Uh, one of them is that you're not allowed to die in the House of Parliament, which I've heard that before. I don't think that was an issue. Like, was that an issue? I don't know. Like, did somebody die in the House of Parliament? And they were like, nope, can't f***ing do that anymore. <laughs> you about to kill yourself in there? Don't do it. Uh, another one is that members of Parliament are not allowed to wear armor in the House. Pretty sure that there was uh, some kind of... Uh, Even if you wanted to be badass and <laughs> off the wall, you couldn't do it. <laughs> I think there was some kind of episode uh, that happened, and that's why that got thrown in there. And the last one is, it is illegal for London cabbies to give rides to corpses... Or rabid dogs. Really? I'm trying to imagine both at the same time. It's like weekend at Bernie's in the front seat of the cab. In the back. It's old yeller and Bernie. You fucking what, mate? Greg? So it's Denmark has a list of some 7,000 government approved names for babies and any others are not allowed, I'm assuming, because you're... They have to be approved by the government. So you can't name your kids Ivy Blue or, or Apple or North or Pilot, or Pilot Inspector. Yes. Pilot. Mm-hmm. Or Twitter. What? Remember that guy who named his daughter Twitter? No. I don't remember that oh, during the Iranian Revolution? Was he arrested? It was in Iran. Wait, why did he name his... Because, uh, because Twitter had all this... was accredited a lot for... was accredited for being a huge part of the... The, the movement oh really yeah oh yeah it's a whole thing on it the I mean, guy like named like it's like made like her middle name or some something like that well it wouldn't fly in denmark maybe we'll have to ask don about that unless they approved it then you said they, yeah, they can ask right the netherlands ryan you take the last one last one okay this one is from josh pull and this one up in russia it is illegal to tell children that gay people exist yeah <laughs> uh so apparently putin signed a law banning the adoption of russian-born children not only to gay couples, but also any couple or single parent living in any country where marriage equality exists in any form. Wow. So, yep, he just said that. It's so there's obviously that. a lot of countries that where it is still illegal to be homosexual. And as horrible as that is, I don't consider it to be a funny law. And the deal is it's so widespread. The, 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 the penalty for it is so widespread, too. Yeah. It can be anything from actually being sentenced to 10 years to just immediate death. Mm-hmm. So... This one, I think, is a little bit more ridiculous in this fact that you can't even let them know that it exists. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of these places, they'll, like, at least let their kids know that this is, you know, people yeah. that believe it. That, Look out know, for them felons right like, there. Like, Russia's exactly. never really had a strong vein of equality towards the LGBT community. It's never really had that. But there was, like, 
it was like 2014 or so when like Putin just started doubling down like crazy on it. Like it was like 2013, 2014, just law after law, all this stuff. They just for some reason took a really new, like newly invigorated hardline stance. He it's really have, weird. He must have like clicked on the wrong net while browsing, uh, like like the wrong link while browsing porn at one point. It was like, nope, no more gay in this country. That's bad enough. We're not doing it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's weird. They just like really went hardcore into it a few years ago. It's weird when you just see that type of reaction, like. Seems well, isn't like, like isn't that kind of what spurred like Pussy Riot and all that to happen? Uh-huh. Like all the like all the the bands, and everything. I mean, that was all because of that. Weirdly enough. Anyway, so I guess that wraps up our worldwide, you know, law foray. So anyway, uh, that's about everything. Does anybody have any comments on this episode on law? I think we did a pretty good job, honestly. And it was fun. We did it in layman's terms because, well, we're not lawyers. So welcome Indeed. every day of my life. So I hope the listener is a little bit more uh, <laughs> knowledgeable. You learn something. I hope they lawyers. know how to deal with a run-in with the law a little bit better now. Yeah, shut the f- up and ask for a little an attorney. And if you try to do a citizen arrest <laughs> on us, we will sue you so bad. We're not lawyers, so shut the f- up and find a lawyer that knows what to tell you. That's that's the bottom line. Anyway, thank you for listening. This has been great, Greg. How can they find us? Um, you can find us at. Now I'm going to do the NPR thing. Um, <clears throat> you can find us at rumorfliespodcast.com, rumorflies at gmail.com. At Rumorflies on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Rumorflies. Uh, Rumorflies on Google Plus, you know, on my YouTube. favorite. Um, our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash C slash Rumorflies. Indeed. And I believe that's the majority. Oh, please remember to, if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It does a lot for us. And please um, write comments, uh, message us. We're really responsive. We love getting uh, emails and just any sort of commentary from y'all, especially if you catch any mistakes or have any cool ideas. Um, we have one that's coming up. I don't, I don't know when it is in the schedule. I forgot exactly, but we have one we're going to do that a user submitted. Like he gave one or two examples and we we're like, Oh my God, it's fantastic. So we do have shows we built around some of the great suggestions. Yeah. So. I think it's the next one. We love oh, is it. The next one it's, with the red sky. Uh, doing all this maybe, stuff? maybe, maybe. No, no, no. It's, it's not, the, it's two more. Okay, cool. Depending on if we keep the same order of the, for the show. Yeah, well, it depends. But, but yeah, uh, we up. really appreciate any interaction we have with you guys. It makes us feel nice, warm, and fuzzy. The reviews on iTunes don't only help us, I guess, um, spreading the word-wise. It helps us emotionally. <laughs> yeah, it does also, like, it, it is a good opportunity for you to tell us what you think of the show. Yeah, and we take criticism pretty well for the most part. We haven't yelled back at anybody, so... Um, of course, if we don't like your review, we end up screenshotting and putting on Instagram, <laughs> apparently, because I was feeling salty. Yeah. That was <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Time. No, we're just playing. Just playing. Anyway, so thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, as for this episode of Rumor Flies and every other one, I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. I'm Greg. Bye. Meh. Mature, Greg. <laughs>